when I first started, I didn't really know what it was like. Can you confirm for me what the difference is? I feel like a lot of people aren't super clear on what it is as well. It's not just class, you know, it's not someone's there like to help you, like you're driving everything. Trump's gonna find my paper and use it as like a, climate change doesn't exist. <laughs> Painful yet enjoyable and life-changing. There you go. That's my five <laughs> words. Hey, environmental remediators. Welcome to this mini baby podcasty thingamajig. In it, I am going to be asking some of the questions that I wish I knew the answers to before I started my research degree. Coming to the end of your undergrad, you might be thinking about jobs, internships, work experience, panicking. I don't want you to do what I did, which is tell everyone that I'm so out of here, guys, and then a week later submit for a master's by research and still be here three years later. So I want you to be somewhat a little bit more informed than what I was. And it is hard if you don't actually know anyone who's doing the path that you might be interested in to ask them about it. So never fear, I've gone out and asked them for you. I've got a lineup of incredible research students here at UTS, ranging from volunteers, honours students, masters and PhD. We're tackling some questions like, what is the difference between masters and honours? How would I go about finding a topic or a supervisor or even a course at a different university? I don't know if I am interested in research. Is there some way that I can dip my toes in the water and kind of find out what it's like? All this, and I managed to grab some tips from students who did environmental remediation subject last year and their recommendations for how you guys can succeed in the subject. I'll be putting those tips in this first episode in case research you know already isn't your bag. I really hope that these interviews can help demystify what it's like to be a higher degree by research student aka HDR. So, without further ado, welcome to the first episode of what I like to call HD, uh, what? I go to a circus school, so I do acrobatics and tumbling and aerials, mainly trapeze. It just sounds so nonchalant about it and I just, this is like the most interesting interesting (laughs) job slash hobby. Interesting fact, I used to live in Thailand Introducing Nicola Hoover-Smith and Elizabeth Morley. Nikki and Bessie volunteered with me in my PhD research to help me out in the laboratory and in the glass house. Volunteering can be a great way to get your foot in the door. Plus, they did pretty well in environmental remediation, so I've also asked their tips on that. Like, even though I only volunteered with you, Annie, but I also saw like Kieran working on his project while he was there. And like it kind of gave me connections with the uh, coordinators of other subjects. Like I was able to ask some questions about like what their students were researching and stuff a bit better and find out different research projects that were going on and what I would be interested in and like to do. So that was why I did it. I sort of knew I didn't want to do research, but I did want to find out what it was like because I I didn't want to kick it out of my future possibilities. What did you do as volunteers when you came and um, helped me out with my research? So we sort of helped with the the really large tasks, which, you know, one researcher would take a very long time doing themselves. I can confirm that without them, I probably would still be chopping up plants in the glass house. We helped spike all the plants with lead. So we got experience working with things that 
we probably wouldn't have gotten experience working with just doing normal undergrad like you don't really work with heavy metals like that um (laughs) in your normal undergraduate course it was just a lot of you know big tasks chopping up plants and things but you work in groups you got to meet people which I think is the most interesting part about it even because you got to meet people make the connections yeah I called it the chop and chat yeah (laughs) (laughs) has volunteering experience given you any sort of unexpected benefits I would say that for me it just um kind of definitely helped me decide that research is what I wanted to do were you guys there the day that I made that huge boo-boo with the yeah that was the day we spiked yeah yeah it made it (laughs) and we wasted all that chemical um yeah you sort of got to know what it's kind of like yeah lots of of ups and downs (laughs) you were so upset about that I felt so bad (laughs) (laughs) yes so that's I'm really glad that uh you kind of took that and was like yeah I do want to do research (laughs) even though I showed you a bad day what tips or advice would you have for current environmental remediation students? Don't underestimate the second half of the report. In the site assessment, everybody did really well. And then the remediation plan was a lot harder <laughs> from yeah, what I can yeah. remember. I think people sort of get a bit caught out because it's the site assessment is you kind of feel like you've done the chunk of it. Um, yeah. And then you have to yeah go back and actually make a, a solid plan around yeah, the degradation that you found. Yeah, and do, do a lot of research into it because realistically the first thing you find on the internet probably wouldn't be what a real person would use to fix it. <laughs> so do your research. Nikki's on to a great tip here. We love seeing well-researched reports. So make sure you gather some good scientific references and use them to back up your great ideas and your discussion points. And I would say make sure you take photos and all the pracs of what you do so you can document it in your assessments and reports and stuff and when you're out doing your IRP on the site that you choose make sure you take lots of photos and definitely do your research and even like contact councils and stuff to get information I feel like this is true of any subjects like you only really get out of it what you put into it Bessie makes a good point here Don't forget that employers sometimes ask for examples of your written work from university. I used my independent research project at a job application, and you can too. Is there anything else that you'd like to impart to the current cohort? If if anyone's doing animal behaviour this semester, I need a group, so... (laughs) (laughs) Good, good networking. I love it. (laughs) Okay, so we've learned that volunteering can give you access to chemicals that you otherwise may not have had experience with in undergrad. It can help you decide whether you are semi-interested in research, but most importantly, it's actually a really great way to connect and network with people. Coming up on the next episode... I don't want to, like, scare them, but I think I found it, like, the best subject that I've done at uni so far. Pretty much. <laughs> easily. I don't want to... This is advice, just so you guys know. <laughs> we'll be talking research internships for course credit, nerdy hobbies, and setting yourself apart in a sea of undergraduates.